0: And this week's podcast, really excited to have Kate Daly join us as a guest. Kate has had a phenomenal career working for many of the world's largest brands and some of New Zealand's household names, and now she is the director of people at BNZ. Through that career, she's had a lot of insights into how you create high-performing cultures, how you help organizations learn, and there's a number of things we touch on in this episode that I think are really insightful. Firstly, we talk about what is culture, what is mean to Kate and how does she think about it in the organizations that she leads. We talk about the challenges facing the banking industry. Kate also gives us insights into some of the initiatives they're using at the bank for retention, keeping people engaged in the environment, thinking about how they uh, have some more flexibility around their leave policies and the way they're engaging with people. She talks about her contribution to the LGBTQI plus community, how she's been involved with that in a number of her roles. She's also a board member at the Auckland Blues rugby franchise, so she gives us some insights into the crossovers between high performance sport and high performance organisations. You're going to really enjoy this episode. My discussion with Kate is insightful and thought provoking. Please enjoy. Hey Kate, thanks for joining us on the uh, podcast today. Lovely to have you. Yeah, good to be here. We're going to kick off with some rapid fire.
1: Done. Are you are you a breakfast or a dinner girl? Dinner. Dinner? Definitely dinner. Yeah, why is that? Oh, I don't know. I just like going out and, and like, enjoy the experience more. Breakfast is always a rush with yeah. three kids and yes. trying to get out the door. There's not yeah. nothing really enjoyable about breakfast yeah. at our house. And when you've got one of your uh, children that plays water polo, breakfast yep. is like, what, like 4.30 in the morning or something, oh, That's it? right. So this morning, actually, we were up at 5.45. And so, yeah, breakfast on the go for her. She yep. has it after she's trained. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I come home, get ready, get the other kids and go off to school plenty on the go lots on the go okay on holiday are we likely to find you bungee jumping or in the pool lounger pool lounger definitely nice. although nice. i have bungee jumped before but probably my days for that are done now <laughs> feel like you that box <laughs> yeah, ready, yeah, to, ready to move on
0: and would we most likely find you in trainers or heels trainers nice definitely trainers. like it
1: uh when you're reading are you a real book person or a kindle electronic book Real yeah. book hundred percent. Yeah. Um I've had friends try and convert me to the Kindle, but no, I I enjoy the experience of reading a book and turning the pages and I'm no, mm. definitely a real book person.
0: Yeah, but it's like when it, it's so much heavier when you fall asleep and it hits you in the face. I know, you. You I know, but I enjoy Relax.
1: yeah, I enjoy books. Okay. Cats or dogs? Uh well we've got both. We've got a German shepherd and two cats. So right. um bit of both. I yeah. I love um animals. Is it like children? Can you call out your favourite? Um, oh favorites. favourite. Uh, well, probably not. I love them all differently, but probably one of the cats a bit more than are the others. Are we still others. talking about the pets? Or yeah, are the cats yeah, the, pets. Uh, the, or the pets. pets. Probably okay. one of the cats a bit more. Oh, really?
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, early riser or Night Owl? We've just talked about. Uh, probably forced. early riser.
1: Forced, yeah. Forced 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 early riser.
0: early riser, yep. Yeah. Okay. And entertainment, are we
1: likely to see you uh, watching a thriller or a comedy? Uh, Probably a thriller. I I really love um, English crime, you know, the Mm -hmm. old detective series and stuff like that. So that would be the number one choice. Nice. Kate, you've had a a
0: stellar corporate career, worked in many of certainly New Zealand's largest Mm -hmm. organisations and some very big ones overseas as well. Uh, Was that always the plan? What were you, you know, when you were 10 or 12 years old, what
1: did you think you were going to be doing? Well, actually, it was never the plan. Um, Growing up at school, I wanted to be a policewoman. Um, so that was always the plan, and um, yeah, I didn't really apply myself that much at school, and I never really wanted a career. I just sort of fell into it actually, and um, I've really loved it and really enjoyed it. But yeah, it was definitely not the plan. So the police, police thing, did you pursue it at all, or you just got to a zone where you actually have decided that's not? No, not thing? no, I didn't. And um, as I was leaving school, actually. Um, my parents sort of influenced me quite heavily not to do it, which probably wasn't a great thing. And I think if they'd been more supportive, I probably would have done it and it would have been very different. Um, no, I went off and actually I started life off nursing and did that for mm-hmm. a few years and then decided. I'd, I wanted to go back to university and went back to university and studied and that's how I sort of ended up in, um in corporates really right hmm. and were you on the HR people track at, when you went back to university no that no that? I did a um, I did a commerce degree in a science degree and I did economics and pharmacology right and I know very narrow and I wanted to go and work actually for Pharmac in Wellington yeah. and do pharmacoeconomic drug analysis Holla. policy and having done the most narrow degree for four years you possibly could do. My husband said he didn't want to move to Wellington which was the only place we could live if I was going to work in that field so that was an interesting few weeks in the daily household. Yes. Um, But anyway and uh, while I'd been studying I'd been working part-time and I got a job as a nurse actually at Sky City and ended up getting into hr that way and then you know never got out of it really
0: now um head of people at bnz you know we use this word
1: culture a lot what is what does culture mean to you i think for me culture is the essence of the organization it's how people describe working there it's the word that they use or the words they use when someone says it at a barbecue so what's it like working there and it's how i think it's really how people feel um when they're there and i think you know now organisations really are turning their focus very much to culture and the culture that they want to create to enable the organisation to be successful. Um, You know I think over the last 20 years people have used culture as a bit of a buzzword but I think now people are really truly understanding the value of it and the importance of it and really starting to think about how you actually can use culture as a really strong sort of point of differentiation from your competitors mm. in every way. The way you attract
0: people, the way you retain yep. people, how yep. you deliver customer experience because That's you've right. got a good good culture. Those yep. kind of things. So, as someone, how, how many people do you have in the Benz organization? Around about five thousand. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a quite a big uh, yeah. big team. How do you think about
1: the different levers you can pull around influencing a culture? So the first thing we've done is is really shape our values because I think. It's really important that to create a culture you need to know what's important to your organisation. So we um, we went out and we actually asked our people to design our values and said you tell us what's important to you and, and they did a card sort exercise and mm-hmm. came up with the um, you know very, very similar four topics, you know, around excellence and customer and people. So it was in collaboration. So from there we did some work and um, went and did some focus groups and came up with the values so that was the first part for us is because I think those have to define what you do and, and what what's important to you mm. and we're just starting to think now about not only bringing the values to life and embedding them but also how we um, set ourselves up to deliver our transformation program which is very focused around digitization and customer experience and giving our customers the opportunity to self-service or have a face-to-face contact um, depending on what they want to do so there's a huge amount of change going on and thinking about how we support our people to navigate that change is really important.
0: And how do you see the New Zealand banking
1: landscape compared to things you're observing globally? Well we um, know that there are parts of the world that are incredibly advanced so if you go and look at the Nordics for example. Um, they're virtually cashless. So people don't have cash at all. Everything's transacted in a, a mobile wallet off their phone and cards. So you can go and do your home loan online. You can do all your term deposit. You can do anything you want really online. So so they are very advanced. I think um, in the Asian region, you know, China, it's all digital wallets on your phone. Um, you look at WePay, they're massive. So they are leading the way in terms of you know, automation and transaction banking. So I think we are quite a way behind um, where some of those Mm -hmm. sort of regions are. So when you look at the Nordic,
0: it's been led by the banks themselves in the yep. Nordic region. Yeah, but but we pay that's an independent. So yeah, Amazon, Amaz- Amazon pay we pay. Yeah.
1: You know, massive. So yeah. they've sort of been led really to it by these you know enormously successful organisations who understand customers so well. So they really understand how to make things easy and simple for customers. So that sort of led them into um, some of the banking um, areas, and they obviously. You know, the banking supports them with their core business too, which is you know um, retail. So I think there's some really interesting trends for us to be looking at. And has that marginalised the
0: banks in those areas? Like in, in some China? of them, absolutely. They're, they're kind yeah. of missing out, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's a... In
1: it's the Nordic, some of the more traditional banks have really struggled. Um, you know, and I think once you're behind and, and once you then have that steep investment curve and digitisation, um, if you're not leading it, it, it's very hard to come come back and recover. So for us, and I know all the other banks here are also thinking about how you manage that investment and how we provide more services to our people that they can actually do when they want in their own time. Um, rather than being constrained to the hours of a, of a branch, say. So Kate, when you're thinking about this
0: uh, transformation that's happening in your sector, uh, there's obviously a lot of te- technology involved. Yep. There. You've got to bring people up to speed and up to scale so they can, you can compete on that landscape. How else do you prepare your people? What are you thinking about in terms of preparing your people for that kind of transformation, and not only technically preparing them, but also
1: bring them on board from a mm. culture culture sense? Well I think there, there are two things we're starting to think about, um, very much in the infancy, but one is the skills that our people will need for the future. So we've quite, done quite a big analysis and a workforce strategy, looking at what skills we have today and then thinking about the areas we're investing in in technology, and then looking at then saying well what, what skills will we need tomorrow. So one of the pieces of work we need to do is really think about what that means for our people and what investments we need to make in them and their skill and capability so that they've got the skills um, to be successful in the future. So that's one area that we are thinking about quite heavily. And the other is um, you know, to create a digitised workforce and one that's a lot more innovative and fast and nimble. We need to make quite a bit of changes to the way we we work and the way that um, we set ourselves up structurally and how we really support our people to think more innovatively and then actually move to action quite quickly. Sometimes I think we make life a little bit hard for ourselves internally, so really thinking through how do you make that culture shift how do you empower your people to actually lead that for you? You know, you need your whole workforce going in the same direction to make a meaningful change. With the
0: breakthrough, we have a program called the Active Manager, and we've observed that there's a lot of people in management roles that uh, have often been promoted into those roles because they've been mm. great at technically at a job mm. and uh, they're actually lacking the, the soft yep. skill development. Mm. How do you think about the soft skill development at, at BNZ?
1: Well, I think, you know, managing people's heart. There's no two ways about that. And, you know, I do think I've seen it where, you know, you have people who are technically fantastic or, you know, amazing at selling or whatever they do, um, and then you promote them and, and what they're good at. Becomes less important because actually now they're managing people and you know really leading teams is an ongoing development for you because you'll have a team of very different people who all want something different from you. You know I think the things we are investing in our leaders is um, around humility and, and accepting feedback and proactively seeking it and you know engaging with their people to learn, you know listen to learn. Um, coaching and really how you make how, how you have a more powerful more frequent conversation with your people and then the other piece that is really around navigating change setting strategic direction and then helping your people navigate the change to ensure that they deliver that. Mm. Who's the best manager that you ever work for? I've worked for some pretty good managers actually and um, I've been in fact all of them have been pretty good and I've learned something from something different from all of them. Um, I have to say you know, it's hard to choose one because I think they're all really, really good. Um But you know, I'm, sounds like a very politically correct answer. No, Kate. I have. The, well, you learn something, yeah. I think, from everyone. What's, what's you a standout for? learning?
0: You don't have to name the person because you know, you know we're not playing favourites today. So, no, you know,
1: what's a what's a standout learning you've oh, had from, from someone? probably empathy and structure and drive? How you balance those three when you fall into a leadership position, you naturally want to lead most leaders have quite strong personalities and are quite lead from the front type people and what that means is you often don't take people with you on the journey or you know in my case you know you you make decisions quite quickly and you move to that without actually stopping and reflecting and thinking about what that means to your team so i think the best leader i've ever worked for um, actually balances those three they've had empathy You know, but real drive to get things done, um, but they do it in a really positive way. That's a great experience for you. Mm. And do you feel like that was
0: something that that person just naturally had, or was it something they evolved and worked on and consciously
1: developed that kind of skill set? Well, I suspect I haven't asked the question, but I suspect it was an evolution because I think we all evolve as leaders, and I think you know age has something to do with it as well. I think as you get a little bit older, you get a little less, um, you know, it's less about you and it's more about the people you manage and lead and, um, you know, getting enjoyment out of seeing them grow and seeing them deliver. So I think it's an aging thing as well as an experience, but gives you development, which is the main thing. Yeah, starts with a lot of self-awareness, right? If you're you're very self-aware,
0: then you can can grow and develop out there. How about, is there a a standout example for you of something that we're going, "I, I never want to lead like that?
1: Oh I think so, I mean I've worked for probably in London, Um, I worked in investment banking for sort of four or five years so you know I definitely saw a lot of examples there of how I never want to lead. Um, You know I've seen some managers be really brutal in fact you know I would say they bullied people who worked for them and that was pretty uncomfortable and um, you know I found that personally quite challenging so um, you know I think people who just are overtly far too driven, far too unaware of the impact they have on other people and um, probably quite selfish in terms of, you know, getting the team to deliver something that they want at the expense of what's good for other people. Coming back to the values
0: piece and how we now live that day to day, because a lot of what you talk about is values, right? Yeah. Treating treating people with empathy, uh, doing the right thing, balancing the drive and the organisation's yeah. goals that you're trying to deliver, how, how do you help how do you help an organisation live its values mm. day to day? Because I think we've all observed organisations where they spend a huge amount of time and effort and resource coming up with these values, and yeah. they collaborate and they get people involved, as you've you've done. And then so often we've seen them, uh, you know, fall fall mm. by the wayside. And you know, six months down the track, we're going, oh, what, what are the company values again? You're like, oh, yeah. um, um, oh, I'll probably yeah. I'll need to go back and look. Yeah. How do you get an organisation to live its values every
1: day? Well, I think you have to Im- embed it into everything you do. So this year you know, we've embedded the values into um, you know, our recognition programmes, we're embedding them into our performance framework, we're embedding them into our employee value proposition, which we've just launched to our people, um, we're embedding them into everything we do, and we have values postcards around the um, workplace. So our p- employees can actually write a little postcard to someone who they see, see as um, living the values oh, great. and say, you know, thanks, well done, this is what I saw and, and thank you. So I think we, we're trying to bring it to life um, And what kind of uptake time has there been of that initiative? Yeah, pretty good, yeah. pretty good. You see lots of people around the place with a postcard um, you know on their desk so I think it's been really well received I like that and then um, you know we just talk about our values all the time mm.
0: and I think you know you've got a, a great culture when it's that self-regulating piece right when mm. people are uh, calling out great behavior yeah. around values but also calling mm. out behavior that doesn't mm. doesn't align
1: that's right yeah. have you, have so you well, that's when I think you know you, the rubber hits the road really is when people actually start saying well, you know, one of our values, for example, is do the right thing. You know, what happens when people don't do the right thing? Um, will other people stand up and be accountable and say actually that's wrong? And will they call that behaviour? And I mean, we're starting to see that people are, um, but that's just a journey that you know go you, you go through as an organisation, and you don't want it to be a punitive thing. You want these to be a really motivating, you know, aspirational set of values for people and. Um, something that inspires them Hmm. and
0: as a as a leadership team how do you guys talk about living the values
1: well we talk about them quite frequently we talk about what we're doing you know how it aligns to the values we definitely talk about the values and alignment to values we always you know when we're launching new projects think about how we can wrap them up under the values and what value it aligns to and and then how you reinforce that in the organization
0: And if you could have one business superpower that you could just like, you could change anything in an an organisation,
1: because you you could, what what superpower do you think you'd choose? I would, you know, want to make the experience of working at the BNZ the best one ever for everyone who comes here. So, you know, they have the best leaders, they have access to the best learning, they feel like they get developed and their career aspirations are fulfilled, and they have a great work-life balance. So... That would be for me the magic wand I could wave. Mm.
0: Uh, recently you've announced uh, an increase in annual leave for the, for the team yep. of NZ. Can you yep. give us some insight into the kind of thinking behind that and how that aligns with maybe that, you know, it's a small, small
1: amount of superpower? Yeah, well I think the wellbeing is really important to us and we wanted a really compelling employment value proposition and we really wanted Um, our people to actually use the leave that they had. And we had lots of different types of leave, but people didn't necessarily use them and they were for quite narrow purposes, which meant even if people wanted to use them, they couldn't. So, you know, when we were thinking about this a year ago, we thought, well, wouldn't it be amazing just to say to people, here's six weeks, and you can use it for whatever you want and give permissibility to our people to actually take six weeks leave a year. Um, as we all know that some of the other leave types we had, people actually didn't really feel like they could use. And when we looked at the data, they weren't using them. So, you know, our hope is that our people will use it. We know our people do like to use their leave. So um, it was really a very strong signal that well-being is really important to us. Um, at the BNZ, mm. well-being and flexibility mm. and choice. Sure.
0: How do you how do you balance this well well-being of yep. staff, uh,
1: retention, mm. uh, those kind of things with you know commercial mm. commercial impact? Well, I actually you know have a view that I think, you know, with more leave, our people will feel more refreshed and feel more productive, and when they are at work because they're getting good breaks, that they're going to be actually you know hopefully less sick. And I think devices have really changed. the work life for many people. I mean I remember when I first started working and you'd turn up you know you'd turn your computer on and then when you'd finished you'd turn it off and you went home and people don't have um, the luxury of turning devices off and I think we might say to ourselves we're going to do that but we don't. so I think you know work has really crept into for a lot of people their personal space a lot more. You know I think giving people time away from work is really important and, and giving them that extra leave. What are you most proud of in your uh, corporate career? I've been a really big supporter of diversity and so I think some of the work that I've I've led or seen happen um, around gender diversity. Um, you know I've worked very hard um, for an organisation called Tuputua. Was on the board of that to set that up, um, which is you know really focused around providing internships and corporate careers for young Maori and Pacifica um, undergraduates. So I feel you know that's that's been something that's been very important to me and um, I've done a lot of work with the LGBTI community around their um, inclusion and and making it a workplace where they feel comfortable and and heard. So I think I've done a lot of work in diversity and I really enjoy that. Also had some amazing people work for me who I've seen develop and go on and some of them are sitting in really big jobs in in New Zealand at the moment and I think that's amazing. I I feel very proud that I've had a part to play in their development. And then um, you know I think also some of the work we're doing at the BNZ around the leave and um, which is you know sort of quite advanced in terms of thinking in New Zealand, some of the work we're going to be doing around career pathways and investing in capability, I think that's going to be pretty amazing but I think you know probably the one thing you know that that's the most challenging but most rewarding is probably managing a career and a family Um, and you know I, I you know, three kids, as you know, and trying to talk to them about their careers and and flexibility and choice of career now between males and females and role modeling the importance of choice um it's something that i i sort of feel pretty proud about
0: absolutely and you should do yeah, yeah. doing a yeah doing a great job because uh managing a managing a family is a huge job in itself mm. um adding in um leading a, another big family yeah five, another, yeah, another right. family's got five thousand people in yeah. it uh, alongside yeah yeah huge uh, challenge to bring those two yeah, together and do it successfully so it
1: is good but has got and many people do it okay. but um yeah it has its moments for mm. sure
0: okay so if you could step out of the
1: uh, kate daily world and just be someone else for a day who would you be look i i think actually um if i could do something else um it would probably be where you're making a real difference for the community so i think i'd love to be someone who worked in a role where you know you're at the united nations or something like that where you're actually making meaningful change to people who are less fortunate or live in war ravaged countries or something like that. So mm. I think you'd have a huge degree of job satisfaction going home at night knowing you'd improve the lives of people who need it. Mm. Okay, so I was gonna ask you if you had a million dollars you had to spend it absolutely yeah. tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Um, let's say based on your previous answer, you could have half of that could go to humanitarian yeah, cause. Yeah. Yeah. What would what would you personally spend, spend a lot of cash on?
1: Um, I think I'd probably take the family and um, extended family on a nice holiday somewhere, go and have a, you know, because family's really important to me and friends, so probably go and do something that's going to create a really magical memory. Um, Is memory there a country for us, or um, a location on the, on the hit list? Yeah, something Asia right probably. We yeah. haven't done a lot of travel. We traveled a lot when I lived in London, around Europe, Middle East, um, and Africa, so probably the South America or Asia, they're pretty high on the hit list, so probably head there and and do a bit of a trip. So I think that would definitely be something I'd do. um, And then I think probably invest a bit for the kids. I think, you know, I look at, House prices and things like that today, and yes. if I could put some money away for them to help them get a deposit down, that's probably what I'd do. Yeah, very helpful. I'm sure they'd be deeply appreciative if you do they that. Would. Yeah, 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 that'd be great.
0: Uh, Kate, you're also on the board of both Auckland Rugby and the Blues. Uh, so give us the inside word. Is, is this the season for the Blues? Are oh, we I hope gonna, so. Are we back to our former glory? What's I hope going on?
1: so. Look, I think this year, this season's going to be a good one. Um, we've made some, some pretty good signings. I think um, the players, you know, we've got a really good core base as well of players who've been with us for a few years and, you know, their development, um, you know, is really accelerated. I think we've got a really great coaching team. So I think we've got the ingredients there for it and, you know, I feel really positive that this year will be better than last year. And last year we were so close. There were four or five games that really came down to you know a handful of points either way and you know had they gone the other way which some of them could have it would have been a very different season to us for us so I think when it's that close you know it's coming and yeah I think this will be a good one
0: yeah it's a brutal environment operating. Oh, in it is sporting. You know, your results are out on the park every yep. single every single week. Yeah, uh, and you get uh, judged very harshly by the by the fans, um, and they have a right to do so. You know, they're they're paying for the
1: product, but it's a it's a tough environment to operate in. Oh, for sure. And I think when you're inside it and you see how hard it is, and you know how how much it means to the players as well, I think, you know they they really want to be successful. We've got a great group of of players they're very very committed to the franchise they're very committed to doing well for the fans and they really want to be successful and when they're not it really hurts so you know we've got the players we've got amazing coaching staff and they're equally as committed to the region and wanting to see this franchise really deliver on its potential so it's a a real privilege to be part of it and and hopefully we'll see it come I know it will come it's just when um, there's all the ingredients
0: are there so and have you had any learnings from the high performance sport environment that you've been able
1: to translate into the corporate world or vice versa I think it's it's just so brutal as you said Um, you know and I think in the corporate world you know we all accept underperformance, and and you know there's It's uncomfortable to have a hard conversation with people, so we all sometimes shy away from the conversations we need to have. Whereas in the high-performance sport environment, it's just brutal. Week in, week out, you know, one or two bad games and you can be dropped and then someone else gets a chance and they play well and, you know, things turn very quickly for players, both positively and, and negatively. They have a lot of pressure on them as well from... You know the public, the you know supporters, and and they put a lot of pressure on themselves. So I think um, watching that high performance environment reallys you know um, been really interesting for me as a learning. Yeah, and good uh, good
0: reality. I think yeah. you're, um you're dealing with some things in, in yeah. the corporate or business world which seem uh, very challenging at the time mm-hmm. and some of them truly are yeah. uh, but a bit of perspective yeah, is helpful That's right. and yeah.
1: they work, the, the players try and very very hard yes. and you know physically they have to be really fit and mentally they have to be really tough so um, you know, I think that's been really interesting for me learning more about their high performance, their strength and conditioning and the work they do to turn up um, it was a lot more than I'd Probably thought happened to be fair and nutrition and all that stuff. So it's a big commitment and um, you know really hard. If they get an injury, it can be all over. Totally.
0: Yep. You're uh, one injury
1: away from your career being mm. being
0: gone. Right. Tough. Uh, tough place to work. Already, not a lot matters, Kate. But what matters matters a lot. Yeah. What matters to you?
1: Oh, family, definitely. Um, you know we do it all for the kids and and for family. That's. Um, you know, very very important friends. I've got a you know great group of friends. I'm really blessed that I've got amazing friends in my life. Um, and I think just you know keeping life in perspective and being happy, and you know not worrying too much about the stuff that doesn't happen, and focus more on the stuff that does. And yeah, just not stressing too much is, is really important to me. I think life can be very very busy, and we try and jam so much in. And then I think the the last thing really is making sure that in my work that I can be the best I can and the best I can for my team and, and you know, for our people at the BNZ. So how do you prepare to be your best for your team? Oh, I think, you know, feedback. And I've just been through a round of 360 degree feedback and I got some amazing feedback on things I do well and things that I need to do better. So I think always being open to that and, and listening, you know, being involved but not too over-involved and um, making sure that... You know, you say thank you. Um, our team, I'm really proud of the work that the team's doing at the moment. I've got some incredible people working really hard on making all these changes come to life for our people. So, you know, I think just being present and supporting them and saying thank you and well done is really important. And
0: outside of work, how do you prepare mentally, physically, you know, health? How yeah. do you do that? But to make well, sure not, you turn not up well work? enough,
1: unfortunately. Um, and that's one of my you know, really big areas of focus I think for the next 12 months is going to be trying to get a bit more time in the diary um, because you know some days I, I start at 5.30 and I don't finish till 10. Um, so finding time to exercise in that period is quite hard. So I need to do a better job of managing my diary so that I'm I, doing a bit more exercise and, and looking after myself mm. a bit better. I tend to put everyone else mm. first mm. and um, I come last, so I need to change that. You do? Yeah. Because there's no finding time, you make it, right? I know, that's right. Yeah, yeah got to make it. And but let's it. not turn this
0: into a coaching no. session. No. <laughs> Yeah, two fingers at us. Hey, look, Kate. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I'd like to acknowledge you for the work you've done. Um, I think you've affected the lives of so many different uh, Mm. people, and uh, often, as senior leaders, uh, you can uh, cop flack for things that aren't going well. People forget to think about Mm. all the things that have been put in place. And with the organisations and the leadership roles you've had, you've really affected a lot of a lot of lives in a very positive way. Uh, You work around diversity. Mm. is is immense and that's something that uh, more senior leaders need to continue to work around so um, thank you for your efforts and thanks for joining us. Welcome.